Sounds like somebody's making a smoothie or Godzilla's walking around town. Welcome everyone. Hey Welcome everybody. To our podcast. How's everybody doing? Today we are in a different area of the world, and I'm sure most of you guys would of course agree with us. Uh, <clears throat> it's very easy to guess where we are this time, uh, thanks to the update. We are in Japan, of course. And uh, today we're going to do uh, a beautiful trip around. Uh, we're, we're kind of in the middle of Japan, actually. Uh, but our flight plan, fortunately, is going to show us some of the beauties of Japan. And uh, that's going to go through a lot of different areas. We're going to go through Mount Fuji as well. Uh, and then we'll go land uh, all the way down to Tokyo. And we also have, as usual, uh, curated topics for you guys that uh, we research and that we go through to uh, to make sure we uh, we have amazing topics to talk. So this week we have uh, first of all the major updates that happened Japan, but also the Q and A that we had yesterday with the the main Asobo developers uh, and with Jane. Uh, there's there's a lot lot of uh, content to talk about in this one. It was an hour and it was very informative. Uh, there was. And part of this comes out of some other topics. Uh, the, there's a bit of things about the partnership series. Uh, we're going to look at uh, now what really freeware really means for for Sobo and Microsoft. Uh, we're going to talk about the quality control of the updates that we've seen, uh, as well as a lot of little things about how Microsoft is positioning itself now with the simulator. These things, I know we, we say those every week, uh, but their positions have significantly changed now that we have more information thanks to that Q&A with, uh, with the Sobo. Today we are starting in the with the mountains of Japan. We are looking at a small little airport which is in a beautiful place. We couldn't call it between two mountain ranges. It really is uh, quite a unique spot to be in. It's like you're, uh, you're in, the, in a valley and you're surrounded by mountains all over the place. So uh, I found this little airport and it is truly beautiful and kind of small. You have uh, a little terminal right here for uh, for one uh, commercial plane, so like an A320 would would be in there. So uh, it's a it's nice manageable cute. size. Nice exactly. manageable size, right? Exactly. <clears throat> Very manageable, but it, it's a lot of uh, fun to watch. And look at that thing. It's it's cute. It's small and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I found this uh, this airport beautiful. So I was like, uh, you know what? We we got to do something like that, and I mean it's cute sure. and small. What, what what's a better place to to begin uh, a flight than than in this uh, yeah. area? So we're gonna start with this, then we're gonna go all the way down to the sea. Well, should I say the ocean? Uh, and then we're gonna go see uh, a little island from which we're gonna go and or landing or a touch and go. Uh, it's a fun little runway. Um, Long enough, so if you're in, a, in an X-Cub or even a Cessna, it will be it will be plenty for you guys. And then finally, we will be going over to the more dense uh, area, and uh, this includes uh, the the city of Tokyo, uh, its international airport, and uh, the ports. The, <coughs> we'll we'll see all Sorry of this. So yeah, there's there's sure. a lot to look at as well uh, on top of of the topics for today. Um, as a reminder to those who are with us, we are on the US East server. Uh, we are on all players right now, so you guys can join us, you can fly with us. 
we are also not using AI planes for today for performance, but really is it, it's really up to you. Uh, I'm using a preset for weather as well. Uh, so I'm using a few clouds preset. Oh, what did this just do? <laughs> hey, you know what? I could actually be using, uh, oh. there's an add-on that exists well. that allows you to, uh, to push back using a pretty clean method. It's called Microsoft Pushback Helper. And it's a little tool that connects with the uh, SimConnect DLL. And all this little pushback helper does is it's a little window that shows up. You'd click connect to Sim and it might like immediately it connects to, uh, to the simulator. And then you have four buttons. Uh, the first one is to toggle your pushback. And then you have three buttons to turn left, turn right, and then go straight. That way you don't have to go through the ATC and have this delay between the moment where you want to start moving to the right or to the left. So it's, it's a very small utility. It's very small and it, it really does uh, does a lot uh -oh. for, for what it is. And it's a freeware, so it's freely available. Uh, just need to Google Pushback Helper, and you'll probably find it on the main aggregators of add-ons. Cookie, you'll have to give me a minute because my sim has decided it wants to sort of crash. <laughs> give me another second here. Yeah, and that's something we'll talk again yeah, uh, during the podcast is the stability and sure. how that yeah. is... Uh, we can call it varying because there's sometimes it's good when you have absolutely no issues, and then some other moments it it just acts up. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be talking about that uh, during today's uh, podcast, of course. Yeah, I was I was reloading, but it uh, it crashed again. So let's see if uh, it'll <laughs> load this please time. like rip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course it's you know two minutes into the hasn't crashed all day, but today it's uh. Yeah. Decided it wants to have some fun right when we're starting, but that's okay. It kind of proves our point a little bit as well. So it's uh, it's going through the press any key here any minute again. So oh, we could start with that, right? A lot of people voted for that and um, to get rid of it. So yeah, that'll be one of the things we're looking forward to uh, eliminating. Although I think he said it it might not speed up the load times because it is part of the entire exactly. process, but at least you could start the sim and walk away and you know you know it'd be loading while you're maybe getting a drink or doing whatever as you prepare to fly and i mean those up. connectivity issues are things that happen from time to time where a plane spawns or comes in and out or disappears and then you're wondering where you are usually the yeah. best way to fix this is just to switch out and then back in uh, of your region server yeah i am on east usa now so let's see the goal is to see you right that's correct Let's see if we get through. I don't have very many crashes, I'll be honest. This is it's pretty rare. I haven't even had the um the VFR map crash. Although yeah. this one might have just been it, although it was already open, so I'm not quite uh Well the VFR map crash is a known issue that sadly came up with a patch. Essentially it is a bug where if you don't load in the VFR map from the beginning when you spawn in, uh, you may encounter a crash to desktop. The map loads, and even without the crash, sometimes you can get things like the VFR map first looking completely black, and then having your yeah. plane show up, progressively seeing VFR yeah. overlays. So that That's includes your waypoints, airspaces, and then finally you'll see the, the map uh, itself. Unless we have... That scene is great. This mountain range off to our left is... I love yeah. how it's the mountains are slightly different. You know, wherever you go, they really are. They do have a little bit of a unique coloring, a little bit 
of a different uh, shape to them. And I've never been in Japan uh, in real life or in this, in this sim. So getting to, to look, look myself, myself. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yes, I like sir. this little airport. It's nice. It's got a it's got a little bit of detail. It's got enough detail to make it cozy, but not you know imposing if you're not uh, you know, flying gigantic uh, yeah international flights. So it's um you have this little tower on the side as well as one terminal with one gate, so yep. you can have that one national within the country flight. The big girl has decided we're having storms where I am, and she's decided to sit where my rudder pedals would be. So, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, a few little last-minute surprises for the for the pod. Oh, that's the thing with pets. They they sometimes like yeah. even Trink today. We had the live stream with uh, Jane and uh, the Japanese pilot. Yes. Yep. I watched and that. What was a lot of fun with this was the fact that at the very beginning. Jane's cat already went uh, and started, you know, doing all these things around. So you saw the cat yeah. going in front of them on the desk, <laughs> literally. Yeah. It's it's quite a lot of fun to watch, of course. honestly. Yeah. Mine, mine does it too. Sometimes I'm afraid she's going to walk across the keyboard and shut something off. So sometimes I'll just flip off the power to the keyboard. I have a wireless keyboard, so I'm afraid she'll step. One time, this is an honest truth while we're all waiting, I had a folder of 31 gigabytes of, I don't know, books or something. She stepped into the delete key, and then when it popped up saying, this will be permanently deleted, oh, yeah, not too big. she stood on the enter key, and oh. I just looked at her like, you just erased 31 gigabytes of material. She Thank walked you. off like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to start adding a little power here. Man, this place is nice. Yeah. That's what I love about it. And there's this thing where at first you'll always be in the background, and uh, you, you, you kind of stick to your places that you know. We have an update to Japan. Suddenly everyone goes to Japan. Uh, but yeah. we, we don't enjoy this kind of scenery. Otherwise, it's really hard to, to get our hand around just, okay, just go somewhere else. You know, don't, don't stick right. to your own uh, areas. Get yourself a flat notch and throttle. Let's go. Yeah. Here we go. Let's go. Time to enjoy this flight. Look at this picture of Mount Fuji. Yeah, actually, we're gonna go look, 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 look some more. We're gonna go explore that as we go through uh, through Japan. I was already at Easter Island today. Oh, nice! How was that? How's it look? There's none. There's none of the statues. I was like, wait, I oh, wanted to yeah. knock one over. There's nothing there. Those are probably uh, hard to handle. They'd have to probably model that themselves. <laughs> they look like four polygon PS4 drawings. Yes. I love retro. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, PS1. I said it wrong, didn't I? Ooh, that's really retro. The classic PS1, yeah. How old are you guys? I feel like ancient in here. I'm a, oh, no, no, no. I'm old enough to be both of your parents, so I don't, I don't want to say. I'll, I'll kill the mystique, but I'm probably old enough to be your your parent. So. Uh, it depend, depends on who you are. Right? But, you know, some Ooh. parents start at 16. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i can give you a Don't clue i remember unfortunately i was a little kid little kid i remember nixon going on the helicopter waving goodbye all right you're older than me there you go i was really little but you get the idea <laughs> i didn't know why he was little why, why is he leaving i'm like were, i know were, were you a deaf leopard fan because i yeah. wasn't i used to live in england and I, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was a Pink Floyd oh, still. It was Pink Floyd for me. But if the music, you know, if it sounded good to me, I wasn't too much of a music snob. So 
I could go from, you'd be surprised. It could be the corniest music ever, but if it just touched a nerve or made you laugh or made you smile, I was good. I was good. All right, you sound like you have a good nature. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna have no, to... I'm not too pushy. I'm I have to be. Good. I have to be quiet now. Oh no, no, <laughs> you can fine. say all kinds of stuff because I know there was a. I matter of fact, in uh, middle school, this girl that sat beside me, she was just obsessed. Uh. Is it Joe Elliott? Is that his name? The lead singer? Dude, dude, I was just I was making a joke. I don't want to start talking about <laughs> Def Leppard. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, think I, was, I think that was his name. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, she's in love with him. It drove me crazy. Oh gosh. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you a story. Imagine a, imagine a girlfriend that's in love with Nelson. You oh, remember? No one, yeah. does anybody remember oh, those? They're, they're oh. twin guys with like wicked yeah. blonde, long hair. <laughs> Yeah, when oh, they had yeah, all my, my, my high <laughs> my tenth grade girlfriend had posters them all over her pink room. Oh, so no. that was challenging. <laughs> she was, I mean, she was she was a nice girl, but I was even I was like, okay, come on, this is this is an obsession to the point of like, okay, come on. This is... <laughs> she she went what she go she went from Nelson to the cure like within two days. What she go she went from Nelson like well the, at least like, the cure I think she's I kind of, they're okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're feeling depressed and you just want to get it all out. He really had the way of, uh, you just all you do is look at the singer and go, at least I'm not him. (laughs) And he's, and by the way, he's a, he's a, they're a very good band, but that guy just like, ah, he he should have been a professional wrestler if he weighed like 50 pounds more. (laughs) Yeah. Because he has the hair and yeah, the, the black hair and the, all the dark clothes, and yeah, he could uh, be quite a character in it. Wow, Cookie, you got some good elevation already. I'm sort of putzing along at uh, 85, 86 knots, but I'm... Man, you're, you're not that oh. far off from me, actually. Oh, yeah, now I see. Very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because we, we just took off from Matsumoto. We do have to, to climb over some mountains eventually. Uh, might as well get to altitude while we're there. Okay. Now, usually what I tend to do when we do scenic flights like this is I'd have a tool like little nav map or something like this to show me the names of, uh, of the places that we're looking around. Um, sadly, little nav map shows me uh, characters, which I cannot read because it's not in, <laughs> it's in Japanese. Yeah. Very nice. So as a result, uh, there's just no way for me to follow the traditional method of doing this. So uh, we'll have to, uh, to work our way out for this one. Yeah, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been in this part of the world. And I guess sometimes we tend to fly in very similar places to what we enjoy or whatever. And at first I'm thinking, wow, a lot of things look kind of similar. And you're thinking, well, you keep flying around British Columbia. What do you expect? <laughs> so when we come here, it's nice to see like the little kind of farmed plots and some of the base greens are different. And I, I it's nice to see someplace I mean, just today they had the um, Around the World Europe video. I don't know if you've seen it. I saw that. And some of the places you – okay, forgive us, you know. Some of the less traveled places like Montenegro and Albania, absolutely beautiful and unique looking. You could clearly tell you weren't just looking at, you know, oh, it's England with a slight different color or something. It was – It's quite unique. I was like, yeah, it was quite unique. And what I like about it, I almost wish they'd have a feature – in the sim that maybe would pick a random place for you. I guess you could spin the globe and just touch it, but you still kind of know what you're going to get. It'd be kind of neat 
if they had a kind lock. of yeah I'd just like to be surprised is, uh, I wanted to push it's a button just a and... website you know you go to it and it proposes you places to go That's and true. it's like okay just go there um, yeah. so yeah they're, they're still building the database and you can you can send in your own uh, your own I thoughts did. And, uh, yeah I sent a few areas that you wish unfortunately I sent one for an airport that it was very cloudy on the day the time that it passed over to get the satellite footage so um it it's an arctic well it didn't it's not in the sim because literally it was completely covered by cloud i think yeah. it was long long Irbian, yeah up north of uh north of norway and there's a few people that are asking for it and i'm sure some of the airports like Faroe islands is a big one we've talked about it before and it's very very overcast there a lot of the times because the ocean is um cooler but you get that lingering bits from the jet stream yeah. that are coming up from my part of the world and it Sort of brings a lot of fog and a lot of overcast and apparently when they were sort of tending to that area it was rather overcast and cloudy so there wasn't very good definition i would imagine when they do some of these world updates it's going to get it's going to get incorporated yeah i mean those are things they're probably just keeping a list in the background of airports they'll probably have yeah. to redo at some point yeah, database. But it's not the priority of the sim. Regardless. No, so. no. I think they'll be they'll be part of the world updates, and <laughs> as they get new data from that, it probably will. Who knows? Maybe they are keeping track of what's not in there that they need to go over specifically. But it'll be in a series of world updates, so that'll be good. Yeah, I, I like see... this body of water. What is this body of water? Do we have a name for it well, by it's, any chance? It's not Curious. In English. <laughs> Unless, <laughs> let me see if I can. Uh... Open that surf. Google Translate. No, I'm sorry. Does Bing have a translate? Oh, you know what? That would, what would be funny with this is imagine if you could, um, if you could put in a flight plan on like Bing Maps or, or Google Maps and that it would just accept this as a, as an yeah. actual like route, you know, if there was compatibility, that would be quite interesting. I'm kind of going off track here. Sorry, I, I'm enjoying the scenery, and I'm not looking at the, uh, not looking enough at my. Uh, I mean, look at this lake. There, but it's oh yeah, the lake is amazing. I love how this valley. Look how flat the valley is, and yet the colorations are slightly different. Yeah, the you grains. can clearly see it's not a valley in like Austria, and, and that's look the at thing all I those love. Fields as well. It's it's. That's what I mean. It's amazing, and the it's just the different colorations, and it, it's clearly. The habitations. It, yeah, it's clearly a different area. I mean, you're not going to see it every single valley that you're flying over. It's not going to just be cookie cutter. Oh, <laughs> slap a few different rooftops on it to make it look different. But you know, they're the same farms, the same roads, the same canals and stuff. But it's not because I haven't been to this part of the world, and nothing exactly that I've flown over looks anything like this. Yeah. And I mean that's the thing with the uh, with an update like this, is uh, they've done a lot of photogrammetry up to five meters now, which nice. is uh, increasing resolution. Um, so we're we're getting very decent uh, terrain now as well, and they're combining all of this. Um, I didn't get much to fly in Japan before, so I'm not really sure as to how <laughs> that translated. But yeah. at least it's. They're bringing the resolution for uh, for different parts, and next is going to be the the USA. They're going to also do that. Yeah. Um, while mentioning, they're also <clears throat> focusing on even 
bringing the resolution even higher and, and higher, bringing the standards up as they go and work with all those wow. um, satellite companies to, of course, get the footage. It'll be interesting to see how photogrammetry, because, you know, there there are a few images of the buildings in America. Obviously, when you get a little bit low to them, some of the textures of the photogrammetry look a little bit sort of, I don't know how to put it, worn blown up a little bit, a little apocalyptic. Yeah. It's shadows and things like that. And I just wonder if that detail level is just going to afford them the ability to, you know, render those buildings even more, um, more clear, so to speak. So I guess that, we'll uh, figure that one out. I don't know. I'm not greedy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with what I have. And the more they add, the, the happier I am. So, yeah. And they not only added photogrammetry, but they also um, added more airports, custom airports. Um, yep. Gaia Simulations made three of those airports, and um, the other three were made by Asobo, which proves this was a lot of teamwork. And then Black Shark AI added um, an extra structure as well to, to the mix. So uh, it's, it's a little more varied and it's more custom to, uh, to Japan, which is a, a great opportunity. And uh, I mean, I guess it sets a precedent because now you know that ahead of time, um, it is a possible thing. Like world updates are not just, yeah. we're taking more satellite pictures and we're running through them. It also means a little more, we're gonna adjust, we're gonna adapt things, we're gonna <clears throat> keep it neat. We're gonna really work that out. And uh, so making it custom is, is, a big, uh, is a big thing. So at least it's great they added that. And then, uh, so that was the Japan part of things. Then we got into a very interesting topic uh, yesterday uh, with the Asobo developers and Jane, who uh, very nicely uh, went around the community and picked some questions, some top questions from uh, from people uh, a bit around the place. Also had a forum post. So uh, for the next uh, Q&A, uh, there is an opportunity for you guys to ask your questions in the forums. Uh, so make sure you do that for next time. And um, part of those questions, I know some were amazing because they really tried to push what's usually hidden behind a company. You know, like the company has this kind of shield sometimes where it's not going to be showing some of its internal uh, structure or processes. And we were lucky enough to be able to get an access or at least a glimpse of what those look like and, and the, the time. Uh, something which I'm not used to because a lot of companies tend not to be as transparent at what we had from last uh, from the last Q&A. Uh, so we've already mentioned the world update, which was going to be the US um, and how they're going to go with a 5 meter resolution, maybe even less. That's what he was excited about. Uh, so that that is, is pretty much set in stone and world updates are, of course, a little slow to come, but looking at the amount of data and everything that you need, I, I can understand why it's not going For to sure. happen you know, in, in just two weeks. That would be impossible. So I can understand why they're going to take a bit of time to work on that. Then yeah. after this... Uh, I'm willing to wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. no, wants to fly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people fly. fly. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Oh, you'll be glad to know that I adjusted my mixture, so I got a little bit more power. Yeah. So, <laughs> wondering good. why I was uh, lagging a little bit here, but 
Yeah, I'm not at full throttle myself. I'm doing about 95 knots right now, but uh, I'm probably. I'm a little bit behind me, so I'm climbing a little bit more to catch up. But, yeah, um, I'm trying not to climb. Uh, yeah. So you guys can catch up. I have to say that valley off to our. Uh, I mean, our even our port, rear port. Yeah, it's some. It's amazing the, the, the detail colors. of all the buildings and the colors and yeah. again looks nothing like I've ever flown over and yet we're flying over the mountains and there's light colored green and and mixed with the dark green all the trees and there's some water winding its way through the mountains. We've got getting a little bit of cloud now. It's pretty cool. Boy, back in the day before you had this glass cockpit, when you'd fly into stuff like this and you were all on gauges and you're in the mountains, it was uh yeah. Panic time. Yeah. Oh, it's man. like, what? Yeah. IMC in the mountains was a, no, a I can scary understand thing, that. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that would be a lot of fun just uh, to see what's... Imagine having a, a behind-the-scenes tour of, like, a Sobo Studios and what's happening. I know oh, they're man, kind of trying fun. to do that, in a sense, with, the, uh, with their own... Uh, you know, feature discovery series and uh, Q and A's yeah. every month. I know they're working that, um, but at least it's it would be interesting to have. You know. Yeah. There was a lot of great information that they gave in that Q and A, and um, you know, it is a way of introducing little by little by little by little more information. You get to learn the, you know, the patterns of how they discuss things and. You know, the way they discuss things, and it kind of gives you little clues about what they're focusing on or yeah. hidden beneath, like hidden meaning. I mean, I think they often will reiterate their desire to, you know, stick with the core simmers as well. They just want to over and over and over again make sure that, you know, they're on, that we realize they're on board with it and. I think there are other issues that are also coming, and we'll get to those later as far as timeframes go and what might dictate how some of these other in-between updates may happen. Yeah, well, uh, we know, but, we know uh, kind of what's happening, right? They want a, a monthly simulator update. They want a two to three months for the world updates. And right. on top of this, we can expect DLCs to show up, paid DLCs. So they, yeah. they have a lot to do. You know, and there's a lot they're currently working on. Um, a very interesting thing, for example, that they've announced actually kind of early on yesterday. They said it was on the website, but it was not. Um, is they're finally opening up the closed VR beta. <clears throat> and yes. So those who have a VR headset and have the simulator and have at least uh, a GTX 1080, uh, you can participate in this closed VR beta, which is to uh, open late October, early November. So really, we're not that far away. And, um, well, while they're going to have an initial release with the uh, with HP's uh, headset, they're also planning on including those uh, the other headsets from different companies. So they need to test with varied hardware. And as a result, of course, if you have something, feel free to contribute. It's it's like another little closed beta. Now, it's it's not like before where we had the big alpha and beta and everyone wanted to join. Uh, it's a little more select this time because, well, you, you need a VR headset. Um, so it's it's a little difficult. But for those like me who don't have VR and you as well, Fire Pilot, we just, we just have to wait. 
yeah. um, and and totally. watch other people. Uh, we can't participate in that. Nope. I'm but, interested yeah. too, but uh, to get a headset, I just I would I'm gonna I'm gonna find somebody that's got one so I can give it a try and see what it's like. Because you yeah. know me, good old. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you do sickness. have the hardware for it, so yeah. At least you're I'm you're trying. most into it. Yeah. Yeah, I figure it's a, at least it's an option if I can get used to it and I enjoy it. I would imagine it must be wonderful. I just got to get used to the the motion of it. Once my brain finally accepts, because I heard basically it's you use it in little sessions if you're not really used to it, and you got to make sure the resolution is of a high enough you know quality that you don't get that kind of motion disturbance kind of a feeling. Yeah. So um. Well, those are things but, that improve with time and and technology. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not too worried about that. Um, yeah. So, I you know, there's, the... those are things that happen. But with just to finish for the update, we're expecting also another uh, sim update uh, early November. Uh, and that's going to focus on the main simulation issues. So most of the bugs that we've seen. Um, and actually, while we can talk about this, there was a question in, in that Q&A. Is that was, um, are they going to fix the airports and update the airports all, all of, of those things that you know that we saw where certain airports like you said earlier well the scenery is not really there because there were clouds when the satellite pictures were taken as a result it's not really looking nice um or even now for example you know there's certain airports you go to uh well they're military airports so they're not going to show up uh, we don't know what they're going to do with that but there's just so many airports that you feel would need to be updated and that was very little, well, okay, there, there was, I would not call it a lack of communication, but it was really not advertised in this update. But there, inside the world update was not just photogrammetry. It was also a bit of everything, including yeah. over 700 airport issues that were fixed. So that's a major part also that they're not really mentioning, which is sad because, you know, you would expect people to... Uh, They'd be pleased to about it. Know those, these yeah, things. exactly. So that's, I think that's they also kind of, want to do things. To, I think they want to leave room to have some things be pleasant surprises, which isn't a bad thing. Although if you have, if you have a vocal group of, that are asking for something specific, um, you know, you might want to let them know. But it's always nice to just kindly and quietly work behind in the background. Because I went out in one area last night just doing some testing because I'm you know working with the sensitivities and working with my yoke and stuff to see if I can get it even more responsive and help me control things and when I went there I could have sworn there was something different about the scenery because I've been there four or five times and I'm like I, this is different but yet they weren't supposed to do anything in that part of the world but I've been there enough to know I'm like either the colors are different or some of the detail is different. I don't know if it's because perhaps for whatever reason my system didn't download everything at the time, but I have a really fast, like you know, like a internet connection. I think it's yeah, it's almost a gig, almost a gig, like 900 and something. So I'm not having a speed issue, mm -hmm. uh, but I could have sworn when I went there and I told the person I was flying with, I'm like, this does not. They're like, wow, this is beautiful, and I'm like, it looks different. But I would be surprised that they would, you know me, I'm flying around islands that are obscure. And of course, they're not obscure to the people that live there. So I don't mean that. But for the general person, if I rattled off some of these islands, they wouldn't have any idea where they were. And um, I can understand that. Yeah. 
it'd be amazing. Those little those little touches are kind of nice though. You go to you go to an airport that you've been to. Maybe you wait a couple of weeks and you come back, and there it is, a little bit more detailed or a little bit, you know, better rendered or whatever. So I, I would imagine they're going to do that anyway. It's almost like little Easter eggs. It's not quite obviously, but it is a little yeah. bit. Well, they're not. Yeah, they're not Easter eggs, but it does confirm our little theories of what we've seen from the past few weeks, where when you have an update, there's extra things that get fixed that are not mentioned that's in the I mean. patch yeah. notes. So yeah, that's what I mean. A little so surprise, yeah. sort of. They, they are, yeah, little surprises that sadly are not mentioned and communicated and therefore people are frustrated because it looks like little work was done and achieved when in fact, well, a lot more things were added. Yeah. Uh, like in this case, you know, because we're talking about scenery, it's like the scenery gateway, right? They're, 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 they're working on it. They figured out, look, this thing is amazing. We can we can do a lot with it. Uh, they, they just want to add that support in, in, in various ways, right? That way, yep. we don't have to just expect from them as well, but the community can also help bring those expectations continually up while also delivering. So that's the amazing uh, thing with the community is we can always build something together. We don't have to just right. be ourselves and alone on it, just waiting for oh. uh, the developers to to enjoy it. Right. They kept it alive. I mean, it's the community that kept it alive all of these years. So. Of course, they have to have an integral major part in continuing it. I mean, some people, there's a lot of talent out there waiting to be tapped, and it's going to be interesting on how this SDK, uh, just a little update here, everybody in my sky just disappeared, but that's all right. You'll all be back in a minute. <laughs> in a minute. Um, uh, but yeah, I think if yeah. the SDK, as that gets more and more tweaked and more and more... Yeah, the, you know, work, the, the more work, work with, the easier it will yeah, become. For... Exactly, and then the easier it is for maybe not quite as experienced artists and creators. It will. They're already inspired, obviously, by what we can see around us. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the easier that it is to use that and to, as you're yourself learning, because in during that Q&A, uh, Jörg did say, let's face it, the SDK is what we are using. So it's not like we're using something else and we're giving you this tool that, ah, you can use that to create whatever you want. And somehow that it would be different than what they're using, but it's not, which is amazing. They're literally turning over and trying to improve, of course, because there's some things they, they need to deal with in order to make it more user-friendly and, and usable. But yeah, um, it's amazing you. that we're using the tools that they are using. So we're waiting. gonna start to climb a bit, um, just so we can, well, we can say get ahead of uh, of time, um, so we can see the Mount Fuji, uh, Fuji a little better. Fuji. Yes. Good on. Don't get too close though. <laughs> well, I have a, yeah. yeah, I have a little bit of a <laughs> uh, an event that happened in 1966 with Mount Fuji and. Um, the winds are extremely powerful coming, especially on the lee side. And in 1966, there was a BOAC, British Overseas Air Carriers, for those of you that may not know, which was the precursor to British Airways. And in 1966, strangely enough and you know, sadly enough, there was a Canada Pacific airplane crash the day before. And when this plane taxied to depart the BOAC plane, it had to literally taxi by the still smoking remains of that air that air incident 
and they took off and as they approached Mount Fuji, they were almost 4,000 feet above the um, summit and off to the lee side. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember the name of the, um, I think it's called Gotemba is the name of the area that they were over and they got hit with a downdraft of significant power and it literally spun the the jet in a flat circle into the mountain it was a really terrible accident and it literally and it was a it was clear air turbulence the weather was fine i mean obviously the weather here is nice that we're flying but it was even less than this it wasn't cloudy there were no storms they kind of went a little bit closer just maybe because there's some eight millimeter footage of some mountains that were taken and it seems like perhaps they think the plane might have went a little bit closer in order to you know get some pictures or at least kind of give the passengers a little bit of a better view and then they got hit with this really horrible um turbulence and it was enough coming off of that mountain to um unfortunately break the plane up in flight and it ended up in a in a forest it was a boeing 707 and, um so it just goes to show you that uh while these things can be extremely beautiful, they can be just very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. Yep. I got some people back now, so my server seems to have kicked in a little bit. Yeah. And, um, I'm well, searching the skies for you, Cookie. Okay. Yeah, we'll be careful when we'll fly close to this. Uh, yeah. Out, so That's what I'm thinking as we wrong. as we go towards it. I'm thinking. And I mean, if you imagine, they were 3,800 feet above it, so it's not like they were. You know, down on top of it, the mountain's almost thirteen thousand, and they were about sixteen thousand. And I'm sure, of course, they must have thought, well, we have plenty of clearance, and it's a beautiful day, and obviously Mount Fuji is iconic. Definitely, yeah, it is. You it know. is a. It is quite a nice view. Uh, oh yeah. The... Pardon me, gents. Uh, would you mind doing like uh, cut it back like ten knots or so, so Monty can catch up with us? Sure. Not far back. Sure. Let me give a tap. Actually, we have yet to find you, uh, Farrell, but... Uh... Oh, I may be too far back. I'm, I'm oh, going wait, about no, 90... Never mind. Yeah, I'm going about 92 knots. I lost you all there for a minute. Um, all the tags sort of did a little click, but they seem to all be back. We got a lot so of people crashed flying. crashed on a so. sunny day? They crashed, crashed on a clear, sunny, bright day. No storms, but... no rain. It was it was clear air turbulence and it was so violent off of that mountain that it literally there is a there's a picture of it I unfortunately I couldn't find that picture before we started but I've seen it of someone obviously had been taking a picture of the mountain and you can just see the orientation of the plane part of the wing on the starboard side separated and it just pinwheeled on its belly straight into the the yeah. forest below and it was all just from clear air turbulence and so it it's renowned for really on the Gatemba side. It's really, really what strong. What are you guys in? Uh, we're in uh, Exco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know there's been some planes that have crashed in Mount Rainier by my house here. Oh, um, yeah. There's a B 17 that crashed right into the Nisqually Glacier. Um, they actually had to close it down because people were trying to hike to it, but it was too Oof. dangerous. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they're beautiful to look at, but you you have to remember. Now, it's going to be interesting to see, without getting super close, obviously, um, what 
flight simulator here if it will uh, simulate any of that uh, <laughs> turbulence. I'm not sure Hopefully. I want to try. Yeah. Especially today. I've seen um, a little tiny cub, right? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm being pushed a bit around here vertically. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's oh, there's some few air holes. But uh, yeah, thank. And I mean, well, let's, let's kind of move on from that because that's a little sure. dark note, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we were approaching it, and I thought, well, a little bit of history of the mountain uh, might be appropriate, and it will make sure that people are careful around mountains. Don't get too close. They're beautiful, but don't get too close. Oh wow! So that's what it does. Oh, autopilot's a little messed up right now. Trying to see Damn, if we can get the flying. altitude uh, fixed, and I am definitely pushing up or down too much. Yeah. Um. So actually, let's let's go on a much brighter note because uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is go. a little dark. Um. A lot of people have been asking in the forums as well as around the community about uh, what Asobo was going to do to support the A320NX. Uh, to remind those who don't know what the A320NX is, uh, it's a group of people who started uh, making modifications for the A320 um, to enhance it. So they're taking the default A320 and they are modifying it to include more features as well as making it as close to possible as the real thing. Um, essentially mirroring the same way uh, Explain had its uh, its own uh, group of people making uh, freeware with its default add-ons. And what is amazing about this is Asobo did say they're interested into it and they're looking into it. Um, sadly, the real issue is not Asobo here. It's more Airbus itself. like Because Airbus is the one who has the rights as the manufacturer to the name to the to everything to the plane itself as a result if there's modifications uh, that are applied to this there is licensing things right and as soon as you go into licensing you also go into permissions and and all that stuff uh, as a result asobo has uh, been in contact with uh, with airbus uh, for permissions and uh, while they're usually very quick to answer uh, this is a, a more difficult topic, we could say. So they're taking a bit of time to make sure they're getting everything right before answering. So we're mostly waiting on, on Airbus at the moment, but they would be interested in, in supporting it, maybe even adding it as part of the uh, of the section of, uh, well, a part of uh, the, the freeware section of the marketplace. Uh, and that jumps straight into that part. They did mention, yes, they would be interested in and later adding a freeware section on the marketplace. Now, of course, it's not going to show up right away, and there, there's still a lot to, to think about, to plan ahead, organize, understand how it's going to go. So right now it's more like, yes, there's going to be a freeware section. It's planned. We don't know when it's going to come out. So I would say you can keep your, your hopes up right now, uh, but don't, don't go into thinking we'll see that coming up uh, tomorrow it's really going to take a bit of time to show up they have a lot of things to worry about um, as for the other part which is the scenery gateway that's also a thing they're working on um, that they're getting to it the real thing here is making sure that it's legal for them uh, as well as for those who are distributing scenery content because the user has to submit the scenery it has to be approved but then as soon as you start uploading something 
to somewhere else, in this case, a server from a company that is going to get redistributed around the globe to over a million players, you get to the point where you have to make sure the person who made the scenery or who uploaded the scenery himself has all the rights included within the modifications. So that means that the source from which you got your data to modify the scenery, the pictures, the elevation data, the work that you put in to put those together, the tools, like everything has to be right and to allow uh, Microsoft to redistribute that scenery. Also things like verifying that you're not uploading someone else's work and the usual uh, licensing things. So it's it's not an easy thing, but they're working on it to make sure that it's possible for people uh, and making it as seamless as possible. So we should see that come in around. Uh, they, they didn't give a really a specific time, uh, but they did say that because it's legal work, they want to make it right the first time. So there's no issues coming up afterwards. So, uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to come up after. They got to be careful. Yeah, but it's in the works. There's people that are working on it, so I'm not too worried about that. So this is it's more like it's it's almost uh, well, there's people working on it, so you know it's not just waiting on the list. Correct. And I mean, they, obviously, they have to prioritize something because you obviously can't do everything all at the same time. And from what we've heard in the Q&A again that, you know, they, they are not necessarily going to go that route, you know, yeah. where trying to yeah. do too much too soon all at once. And then maybe you're introducing a little bit of issues that you didn't get to test out because you're so worried and, and, and you really want to try to answer as much as I can for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, it might actually be to our benefit in the end if it does take a little bit longer only because they'll have a little bit more time to do that testing and, and you know, make a little bit of a less bugs and not introducing new ones and, and things like that. So yeah, so again, actually we can talk it. about that because they did uh, they did mention that well they they know that they made some some things that were not supposed to be done. Um, so actually that that links to the question that someone asked in that in that same Q and A. Uh, the question was, is it possible to have a quick critical bug fix? Uh, yep. Or are they sticking to a monthly cadence in, in a sense that do you want to have quick fixes uh, straight away to, to be shot out you know, every, every time it's ready or having to wait every month for the big update where you download uh, you know, a few gigabytes uh, and then get everything right. fixed all at once. Um, and so the way they do it is internally they have a two-week cadence. So it's every two weeks they try to get as many bugs fixed. As his own words, it's a little overdone in the sense that they try to do a lot of things quickly. As a result, they agree that while they did a lot of major improvements to the simulator since its release, they agree it has been rushed a bit. For example, the first bug fix update had over 700 bugs fixed. So that is a lot. And yeah. while they tried working on that, they realized that they went too far too fast, which means they tried to fix a lot of bugs way too quickly. As a result, the quality assurance and testing team had so many of those laying around that they could not test absolutely everything. And it is impossible to test everything. There's at some point you cannot just 
have a bigger team and just test every single little thing. There's just so many different ways a bug can occur in specific situations. It gets difficult. So we can understand that. But they also understand themselves that after a while, they went too fast. So they're, they're going to try to, uh, to make sure that they're doing it better this time. Um, and what they're still looking at right now is making at least one big monthly update. And then maybe have sometimes when required having critical bug updates only. Um, so that's that's what they're trying to do. So they're really trying to adapt themselves as well. It's not just a question of... Uh, of just sticking to a one big monthly update. They want to try to make sure that we also get a better experience yeah, between yeah. the two updates. Yeah. And which is critical. Obviously you want to, you yeah. want to address those things that are really, really important that really affect the everyday flight that you're going to have. Um, you know, you obviously you're going to get the people that are going to ask a little bit like, Oh, why are you giving us Japan when we need X, Y, or Z fixed? But it's the point that I'm, you know, let that branch do what they're doing. I don't necessarily know that the scenery people understand how to deal with autopilot or other systems and the aircraft. So if they're able to do that without detracting from some of the systems that really are, are vital, especially for our IFR friends who are having, you know, some things that they are able to do and some things they can't. And um, it's more about getting, you know, the best experience for as many people as possible. And uh, I like this kind of flying, but I have a lot of friends who love to fly, uh, you know, oceanic and and, and 39,000 feet and having some issues. But it seems like as things go on, maybe there's an introduction of something new, but there is a fix for something in the past. Like even tonight, I've had a couple, a little, there's a little tiny bug when sometimes my elevator trim sort of reverses itself or it doesn't seem to work. But if you go to external view and pop back in, it seems to reset it. It doesn't happen very often, but yeah, I guess I that's what you mean. Yeah, it's not detracting from the actual um, experience. Yeah. Also, uh, for Alan, see, you're a little behind. If you want, what you can make I, sure um, to do this is, why, is to make sure yeah. that you have your RPM uh, propeller at 100 as well. Sometimes it can yeah. be a little I further do. back. The issue was that I had a little bit of a. That's why I brought that bug up. Yeah. Because. In the back there, a few minutes ago, as we approached the mountain, all of the sudden, after using autopilot, it began to pitch up, and I slowed down. So I turned autopilot off, and when I did that, the elevator trim switch would not point the nose back down. So the plane slowed to about 55 knots. I had to force the nose down, go to the external view, come back in. The elevator switch worked, but I lost a bit of time because of uh, because of that. So... I might descend a little bit to pick up some airspeed and then move forward. Yeah, I know. I'm also a little high. I'm trying to get down a bit while not getting uh, speed myself. Um, so we, we, we were mentioning about you know how Sobo is just trying to handle the way they release uh, things. But we, we left out until now the part that they're looking at having a pre-release update as kind of like a, another beta section. So they want to have a subsample of the the simmers and players to test the update before it is ready to come out to everyone as a way of crowdsourcing those bug testing that is required. So they're really trying to do those little things which take time, 
right? Especially the platform they need to do for all of this, but it would still be fairly quick. So I would expect something like that to show up, you know, maybe in about, maybe around a month if they take a bit of time for it. I could see that coming. Um, and by December, I'm sure many people would be testing bugs for a Sobo. But it's just those things, you know, it's, uh, the you need to have people who can understand when it's a bug. Yes. Or, yeah, bug. right. And, That's part of the issue with the, the flight dynamics. Because of the air mass simulation that we've talked about several times before, there is an element of bugginess to certain behavior, but there's also an element that it's the correct behavior, and there are people that are reporting there's something wrong with it, and it's actually the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that's going to be a bit of a shock. So we do definitely need people that understand the bugs and know the difference between bugs and just a different flying experience. And it's but yet it's, people. it's it is. I would imagine. Those I'd imagine who are able to understand because you know, like someone who's familiar with like a, a Garmin. Well. Okay, you need someone who needs to understand. Well, this was not supposed to be a blue line. This is supposed to be a purple line. Well, it's all those little things. Uh, someone needs to be fairly familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, and then after, like, you need real pilots to test the the flight models. For example, you need um, you need mechanical engineers or people who've done a bit of mechanics to to understand. You know, uh, if even the 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 way everything is supposed to work together, if it works or not, if you uh, put your carb heat or uh, if you have your mixture and, and so on. And so all these little details kind of add up. Um, and so you need people who have that knowledge. So they're probably going to do that. They're going to try to figure that out. But it does not mean that a Sobo has a small testing team. And that's a point they mentioned pretty clearly as well. Yeah, a Sobo has did. a huge testing team. There's just so many specific situations to recreate for each bug. And that needs time, that needs effort. As a result, there are people that are constantly working on things, but it's, it's just, you don't have that time, right? So, and it's pretty quick, you know, two weeks, you go through a lot of bugs and then, what, you got another two weeks for them to test them. So I know it is a, a, a process that's continuing. So it's not like the first two weeks are you fix bugs. And then the second one is you test them. It's do as you go, go as you do. So yeah. it's, it's, it's this, it's not exactly the, what, you know, it's not linear um, is what I meant to say. And then they're looking at adding AI based testing later on, which is what is done in big platforms, enterprise. And I, I really would expect Microsoft at some point to have this. Microsoft has the resources. Uh, it's also a way for them to cut down uh, on costs of testing uh, by getting one person to do something specifically, if you can get an AI to run a lot of those simulations and then see, oh, well, look, there's a data spike here, what's happening? And then they look and they figure out there's a bug, and that way they can also work it out. They'll still need people to test. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like AI is going to replace jobs in this field. It's just that AI can also do a lot more at once. After all, it's a computer, right? Right. Um, and then in this case, minimal knowledge of the plane is required for testing and figuring out bugs if you're an AI. All you really need is to have the raw data on one side, and then you're going to see the expected results in the sim you're going to compare. That's really what an AI is going to do at first. As it gets better, then we'll see. But uh, so far, it's what we get. That's going to be yeah, it's going to be great to figure out. Yep. Because you know the the world is big, right? So even what things happened? like scenery bugs. <laughs> 
if you don't live there, how do you know? <laughs> but that, that's true. I saw somebody say, you know, everybody wants everything done. He goes, 99.99% of the world, I don't know. So... I mean, this is basically alien technology anyway. We got the whole world here. I mean, I'm how many lines of code do you think this is? Bazillions or something? Oh, cookie, um, take, take that uh, one. I know huge projects are usually like around a billion line of codes. I doubt this is a billion yet, and I this wish it's probably not. Probably more. Uh, because I had to guess. The, the the more lines of code you have, that the harder it is for them to go over everything. Um, and I really would not like this. So I, I seriously, I would think it's it's in the millions. Having a little bug again, but that's okay. Well, the, the life Did is made of bugs. Did they mention anything about payware aircraft? Uh, yeah. Actually, not a lot this time. All we know is uh, a sailboat has tried in the past to make sure, and they mentioned it again this time. They're trying to make sure that there's space in the market for payware developers. Yeah. So yes. what that means is they technically at first did not want the A320 to be a full plane, full realism and yeah. everything. What I found very interesting, though, is he did mention, I am slowly changing my mind. Yeah. And Cause at, that, that, at that, that point, means they're, they're changing. Their yeah. At that point, you begin to wonder, you're like, Listen, they got a lot of the developers in early. Obviously, PMDG and some of the others, have they've been in for a while. And I don't know if it took any convincing. I'm having a strange bug here. Sorry, guys. But it took a little bit of convincing to um, maybe get them on board. And I think maybe part of it would be some of the developers asking, well, to looking at what this sim looks like, to what degree are you going to be developing the default aircraft so there was a question are they developing it to a certain level obviously to leave room for the third parties because you needed the third parties to come in at a time when maybe the belief level wasn't high or you know they just weren't sure what was actually going to become of all of this so um i think it's an element of both it is interesting i, I would hope still and you and i have spoken about it privately before that um I still hope they bring the level of the default aircraft up to, you know, a respectable quality. It it could be just payware, just shy of a an okay payware, and that leaves room for uh, those third-party developers to say, if you want something more and you're able to understand more, because obviously you need to be. That's a, that's another thing. You need to be able to comprehend kind of the plane, and if you don't know it, some people don't need a study level. Some people don't want a study level. Some people have to have a study level. So it's all a little bit of a... That's what's so nice about it. It can be it can be at a level for everybody. But I still think the default craft should be brought up to a respectable level that if the people either can't afford it or maybe they're not as sophisticated in their knowledge of it, that there's room for it. But it does look like maybe at first they did come in with that don't worry we're going to bring up to a certain point and you guys are going to take it from there to where it's like, you know, maybe we do need to kind of uniformly across the board, at least for the standard edition, bring that aircraft up to a certain, you know, level. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, what, what really happened, I think, was at first, it was not just the, you know, we need to get developers onto this. I can understand that. Uh, when you launch a new platform, you always have that little stress about 
you know, you're, you're, what are yeah. you going to do to to make sure that you know, everyone can get on board with your platform and, and work it out? I think it was also a bit of pressure just because there's competition, right? You, you have your own planes and then you have the one in the marketplace. And it would technically mean that it would be... Okay, so let's say it this way. If you have a plane that has... Uh, that is free and that has a lot of features, it reduces the value of another plane, the same plane type, that has maybe a little more features that is really worked as well, that has maybe more features, but is not a whole new level more features. It's just uh, a few extra things. It would be a difference between, uh, for us with the E320, uh, modification will bring eventually uh, we're looking at all those realism things to, to get added to the simulator uh, through these third-party developers right but then yeah. if you compare that with like aerosoft c320 will it still be worth the same amount of money it's being sold for right now for fsx and p3d uh, maybe Good not question. right Why? so you have it, it, it's this different understanding of value as you increase those standards and as a result it i can understand why it might feel uncomfortable at first to create a payware quality plane that is part of the basic sure. package that you buy with the simulator so i can understand sure. their main concern on that yeah me too i mean i just wish they would possibly expand i mean i'm sure people are willing to pay for quality aircraft in the marketplace I want, a glide, I want a glider so bad. Yeah, it'll be coming. Yeah. I mean, and, sure, and, they've got a lot planned. They even said, we're planning on adding more planes ourselves. So, and they actually did a, a little bit of a, during the update today, they pointed to like the Kit Fox and the Carinado 182. And so they're already, when they haven't been out, what, a couple of weeks? And the developers are already also putting out updates to their planes as well. So I guess some of the, feedback from us and and just in general fixes to go along with the patches but yeah i think that glider's coming obviously i mean why render the the turbulence and the updrafting and all that stuff if you're not going to put a glider in it just seems yeah it just seems like a no-brainer and technically you already have most of the features of a glider i think the the difficult part which i've already mentioned previously was mostly a getting the system where you get your glider in the air uh right by the mean of another oh, plane, yeah. right? Full plane. And then the, yep. the, the dragging, like the mechanisms, <clears throat> having the release. It was it's really fun in things, it. But it can't have a bug in where you can't release your, your plane, right? That would be a little yeah. annoying. I'm having that little bug right now as well, where it's uh, not seeing anyone anymore. And twice I tried to switch back to my server and yeah. uh, it doesn't seem to be doing much right now. I had, a, I had a better one. Has anybody had it in the cub where all of a sudden your mixture goes to full when you're at altitude and you need to lean it a little bit for the power? And that's another reason why I was lagging a little bit behind is because um, my mixture kept uh, huh. going to full, but I was at altitude and I was losing power. So I was like, what's going on? It did it by itself. I don't know. I don't know really what triggered it, but it's okay now. So I am 104 knots, so I can't complain. Fast as I've been the whole the whole stream, so we're doing good. Yeah, 
and uh, and Justin has been talking about how uh, the turbulence is not yet really modeled enough for a glider. And uh, of course, he's comparing uh, the, the towing between FSX uh, and how that was really well done. Um, it was really fun. Yeah, so I, I think it's just a matter of them still figuring out all the stuff. And we know that it's not a, a big... I'm not going to say it's a big deal because everyone has its own you know, thoughts about it. But I can understand that it's not a major feature that everyone is looking for the same VR is. Yeah, it might be a little bit more niche, but you know. And you know, that's that's the thing, right? The simulator, and that's what John is saying right now in in the in the event Texas. For him, it doesn't feel like the sim was really ready, right? There is a lot of people that want products now the same way it already exists on X-Plane and P3D. As a result, yeah, it's it's still pushing a little bit, right? So I can I can totally understand where where customer frustration can go around with with all of this. Um, but really it's just a matter of, of enjoying what we currently have and well, hopefully without too many bugs, of course, uh, but slowly, you know, accepting that it will take time for people to create planes. And we've seen Aerosoft has proved us here that it takes about a year and a half of work to get a payware quality, uh, CRJ 700, 800 and 1000. So to get it out, yeah. That that is just this thing. Now other companies like we mentioned before, PMDG are going to be waiting to make sure the SDK is ready before they really focus and put time and effort into it. So with that, we can understand it is not fully ready yet. But that's I mean that's that's the thing, right? It, it's every every time a new platform launches, it's always new. So yeah, it happens. Yeah. Developers it's, 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 have to adapt. It's common. We've been spoiled because we've had X-Plane and P3D and obviously FSX forever. Yep. They've been and around mature forever. softwares as well, right? right? That's what I mean. We haven't had, and everybody's like, well, yeah, Flight Simulator's a, you know, they're a world-renowned, you know, name and blah, blah, blah. It was the first one or almost the first one. And, and you're like, yeah, but you have to understand that this iteration is so different. There's so many new things that are being implemented that have never been implemented before that are not implemented anywhere else. The weather as an example, is yeah. so complex, and I'm sure that's going to play a part in the glider. It's like so many things are connected. The glider and it, the very dynamics of the glider, it does kind of feed into the weather. It does feed into the air mass simulation. I mean, we even have a, we even have our first weather payware that's come out. It, yep, Rex weather, yeah. For, yeah, for better or for worse. It has a few issues, but it also allows for some interesting customization. Meanwhile, of course, Asobo and Microsoft have every intention, as they said in the Q&A, of further dealing with the weather and perfecting the weather, They're trying to get the live weather, you know, to always be what they want it to be. Um, in the meantime, you'll have pay where, you know, developers stepping in to try to, you know, help out there. And I'm sure they're going to have a few issues as well. It's not like any, I don't think anybody's coming out of the woodwork for something this new that is just going to release it. And it's just going to be perfect. It, it takes years to get that, that software stabilization, and that's what we're going to have to go through. Luckily, depending on your type of flying, yep. such as we're doing today, um, you can, it's, there's still a way to enjoy the sim, even during these you know, remedies and fixes and patches. There are some that is a little bit harder. I want to add know, something, for, because yeah. we mentioned weather add-ons, right? And so people in the Q&A asked, 
what about the NavBlue partnership? You know, the NavBlue is adding, uh, well, it's, okay, it's, it's more like the partnership with Airbus because they have so many things. They have NavBlue, they have MediaBlue, and they have the Airbus A320. That's the three that we at least know of right now. Uh, and then they added a part out of this and said, well, also part of the NavBlue, those are supposed to be updated every 28 days. They're they're going to update them by mid to end uh, October. Um, and of course, Chart Plus, that thing that we're supposed to add it at launch, it, they just never got to it. But what I meant to say was, when they finished talking about Nav Blue, they went to Media Blue and um, they asked, you know, part of this is would they be open to open the weather engine to third parties because Nav. Uh, oh my god, I'm going to keep saying NavBlue. Uh, MediaBlue is directly connected to to their... I mean, you have to go from there to a Sobo and a Sobo to us. And so one of the most... Or the biggest selling points right now of the simulator is mostly the weather. And while I can understand that live weather didn't work for a while, at least the rest worked. And that was a major part, and that's a big selling point. Also, I'm back... Uh, Multiplayer-wise, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. It takes um, a few minutes, but it pops back in. Yep, and so uh, we're gonna land on that runway, uh, Romeo, Juliet, Tango, Oscar. Uh, we can have a bit of fun there. Do a little landing, and then we'll take off again. Um, and so, really, what a Sobo answer to having the engine open to third party is? First of all, really, it's too early to answer for them. But the real answer that you could feel in the background is they don't really want competition on that in their own marketplace because it is a it is a direct comparison between what you get internal and what you get you know outside third party and this weather engine that's built in it's not done it's not done at all like don't don't believe this is a final product that is not going to evolve even uh weather wise they're doing a lot of work they're going to try to add more cloud types as well that's part of the of the work um and that's just the, the the issue is because it's not complete yet, they don't really want themselves to open it to other people and start tickering because after an update, it might just break everything. And that means it's wasting more time for the communication between third-party developers and Asobo. So there's some reasons like this that we can totally understand and are part of, well, let's just not mess up anything. Well, just let us do the work first and then we'll focus on getting uh, you guys onto that engine because eventually it will happen um add-on makers will just be able to connect that's that's a thing it will happen it's just a matter of time but meanwhile they don't really want to so rex came up and figured out a way through SimConnect to modify the clouds and get access to um we could call it the the rough uh weather side of things uh the rest was not really part of it as a result you can get basic things with Rex right now, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a limitation on what Rex can do uh, to your uh, to the simulator weather-wise. So Rex is probably able to bring more to it, but we're we're not really there yet. So once they unlock that weather thing, Rex could actually jump up in, in quality as well. So. It, yeah. it would benefit us like bus both regardless of if the engine remains closed until it's fixed or if right. Rex still accesses it. It's just a matter of time. I'm so, kind of looking at the, yeah. the texture here that we see over the sea, and they're different. They've obviously done something to them, and um, 
I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the weather, by the way, because we know the weather is a, like you said, a work in progress. And I just wonder if it's a this, main contributor um, to water as well. Yeah. Yeah. The wind, I think uh, somebody was asking, and I think the first Q and a, they mentioned tidal effects or something with the water physics that they wanted to deal with, not just the wake. Yes. They worked on tidal effects. Yeah. Yeah. They're working the on tidal cycles. Because sometimes you can have, you know, pretty decent waves, but yet the winds are a little bit calm because you've got this this tidal effect I had mentioned in Miami. Mm -hmm. We've got the king tide, and when that full moon comes in and the high tide hits perfectly timed, uh, water literally comes over the causeway. So it makes for some interesting driving in Miami Beach. And it just shows how much the tidal effects can can have, you know? Yeah, but um, there is an interesting theory, though. Some people were mentioning the graphics, and in a few YouTube channels I'm watching, and they had to do something to help make the performance a little bit better for people with slightly lower end systems. That, yeah, so uh, they those who don't have the top end, yeah. Right. Uh, but at the same time, they were saying, you know, we're we're sacrificing a little bit of um a little bit of the fidelity in order to get the performance up, but it seems like it's, it's hurting systems that are Doing up well. to a certain quality. Yeah. Like if you lower the texture on the clouds a little bit, or you lower the waves a little bit, it definitely helps the performance. But for people that do have a machine um, that can handle it, it would be nice if there was just an option that maybe you need something more than low, medium, high, and ultra in order to, um, that you was know, part of the Q&A as well. Funny, huh? Um, yeah. yeah. So what, what they asked for was, can we save a profile? Uh, and then they kind of got into the details of explaining, yeah, that is something we just didn't think of that's going to get added to, to the backlog uh, of things they need to do. Uh, but as for the performance modification since the last update, uh, I think I can see it as well. Um, I am not necessarily on the top and greatest hardware. I'm on a GTX 970, so I do need to get myself on medium settings. Uh, as a direct result of this, I cannot simply turn everything up to high and, and just enjoy my time. What I'll have to do myself is make sure that my settings are balanced. And yeah. they they look a little more lower settings than usual and it's it's visible the clouds as well uh, and it, honestly i did not want to tinker with them too much just because there was a stream today and i do not want to mess that up because uh, i mean we would be late for this uh so I, I didn't touch it but i know that i'll have to to work on modifying my settings now because there's just no way that um that they're going to decrease the the visuals of this and not necessarily you know just i mean i'm not getting more fps the way this game works or simulator depending on on, on how you play with it is that it will not necessarily eat up more fps it will not if you have if you move up or down performance yes you'll see a difference of course but it's not like they're going to give you free frames if you drop uh, a few settings with VSync, of course, and all that stuff, it, right. it kind of normalizes it sometimes. But the main thing is, what they're going to do is going to try to give the hardware some overhead before giving you guys more frames. And uh, that means that 
your your GPU, for example, will have less workload. So instead of being stuck uh, stuck at 99%, it might idle, uh, not idle, but it will probably rest around 70% or even 60%, depending on the time. Uh, so, and you're you're not going to get more performance. You just drop the setting, you're still getting about the same FPS. So that's that's how they're they're doing that stuff. Uh, and so it really depends on how you want to work it out. Uh, for me, I'm going to increase my settings, and it's probably not even going to change my FPS uh, as a direct result of this. Uh, what was great, though, is they did talk about the performance of how they well how they increased performance. And uh, we'll be talking about that. Let's taxi to the end of the runway. Actually, I don't even know why I turned around. Um, <laughs> I just oh. landed, so. Yep. I see you right there. Like, Actually, we have. Like, I think I have enough runway. Well, we could go back this way a little bit. I'll. I'll. Okay. Go. Go down to the end, and we'll. Sure. Uh, we'll just taxi and we'll take off again. Done with my taxi skills, so. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you you got to practice at least once. You know, you got to yeah. do it. When the runner hates you, you know, life. Life is interesting. That's all right. I know. I mean, we all have our struggles. <laughs> Can't wait to get rudder pedals. Rudder pedals is the next thing. If Anybody from Honeycomb is listening, we are begging <laughs> for the Charlie rudder pedals as quickly as you can. I know I don't have the the Bravo's not quite out yet, but uh, that a lot, said, a lot uh, of people are uh, are looking at Honeycomb now as a uh, as a brand to to fix what other brands have not been able to fix uh, and keep it at a reasonable price. So yeah, I can agree. Price. There's a lot of demand uh, for yeah, Honeycomb products. Problem. And everywhere's still out of stock, honestly. Like if you look right now on Amazon or your local resale, uh, like everywhere is it's mostly locked out. Like there's yeah. Few I looked at rudder no pedals units. to see if I could buy a set for a decent price while I waited for the Charlies to come out because I know they're going to be quite a bit down the road. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't somewhere into the summer. Yeah. Like oh. Don't, don't want to hit your cookie. Go no, ahead. You're good. You're good. I can move out of the way if you if you get too close. Ah, no, I'm slowing down. Slowing down. That's fine. But uh, yeah, with them and a there's nothing in stock. That's number one. There's nothing in stock, and the prices of the used ones were outrageous. I was like, wow, for <laughs> yeah. used. God only knows what's been done to them. <laughs> you know. So um, let me see if my ground taxiing will work here with my we'll be turning around run here we don't need to go all the way down to this runway nah. if you need more runway lengths though feel free though no 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 i'm just gotta get the things moving again a little bit come on while that plane's going i'm waiting for you yeah i'm trying to move out the way guys it's fine. Should go on the grass. This is a bush trip after all. Yeah, I may end up having to because it's uh, the rudder's fighting a little bit. Yeah, that's alright. The yoke isn't really meant to be a a rudder, is it? I'm right behind you, so. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be able to adjust it uh, when you start taking off. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a. Uh... Yeah, it's nice to see uh, different planes as well. Sure. A little varied. <laughs> I see so many people flying. I know. I was, yeah. was going to use my favorite plane on here, the um, um, the uh, another plane, but the diamond was it's pretty good too. 
Yeah, and I'm on. Um, oh, on my uh, flight pizza delivery was of course my uh, tail number. Well, it's not really a number, but my uh, my little cookie uh, tail registration. So <laughs> I had to go with that one, of course. I mean, there's, there's other there's other planes with the the flight pizza delivery, the, the custom uh, livery, but it's. I mean, I prefer. I mean, the X Cub is just great on its own. Uh, thank you, Matt, for that livery. <laughs> a lot of He's not listening, sadly. Ah, yeah. well, this is being recorded, right? A lot of people around the world That's are true. also listening to Somebody this. Cast the word on, right? And while we're here, actually, shout out to all the the people that are listening um, to this podcast uh, around the globe. Uh, we know. Uh, that you guys are, are listening from uh, from the U.S., U.K., Australia, Germany, Canada, Netherlands, Sweden, France, Norway, Spain, Finland, and and a lot, lot, lot more countries. So uh, thank you guys for for listening to this, and uh, feel free to join us if you can. We know that the timing is never perfect for international flights, uh, with everyone on on a group flight. Uh, I do know some people are flying with us uh, from Australia. So it is like 9 a.m. for them, 10 a.m. But Bless I can them. understand why Europe cannot join. Yeah, of course. It's so late. So, But we might Thanks. do some other uh, just flights randomly like this without being uh, a recorded uh, flight. Yeah. So we'll uh, feel free to, to just join us sometimes on the Discord. Sure. Throttle up, boys. Let's go. Okay. What hey. altitude are we going to? Okay. Well, now we're going to go to Tokyo. So we're going to start seeing the the beauty. Yeah, my rudder is always weird. Uh, we're going to start to look at uh, the city again. We've seen a lot of the of the nice weather and uh, and the scenery. Uh, this time we're going to go look at the more urban areas and uh, and the city. So how, gonna, how high we going? What altitude, maybe? Uh, really, it's up to you. Uh, yeah. uh, we do have a bit of ocean to go, but then we'll uh, we'll really get into Tokyo. So nice. I mean, if you want to go five thousand, eight thousand, you can. Really mm -hmm. depends on the performance of the plane you're with. And when we were talking about the honeycomb yoke, I just wanted to say that. I saw a video today because the sensitivities are back. I don't know exactly when they came back. They were gone for a bit. Maybe the Japan update restored them for me anyway. But um, somebody had a suggestion to go through your Windows gaming controller uh, calibration. And for the life of me, at first I couldn't find it. And then he said, basically, if you go through control panel and you find devices and printers, um, depending on what what device you have plugged in, if you click on that and do properties, uh, there's a settings and a test. And if you do the test, you know, you're moving it around depending on what speed it is. Or mine was way too responsive, even in this Windows uh, area. And so um, I sure enough, I calibrated it. I followed the steps. They're pretty basic. They just tell you to move uh, on the axis, press a button. Move the other axis, press a button. Kind of move in a circle, press a button. And once you apply, it really did change my um, the handling of the of the aircraft, you know, obviously through the yoke. And the one thing was, I had set sensitivities way back in Flight Simulator that I actually had to go into 
and lessen the sensitivity from about negative 50 to about negative 10. So it, it made a significant difference. So on that aspect, if anybody needs a little tip and they're having an issue with their controller being too sensitive, you might want to try to go through that little Windows calibration. And then you can double check your sensitivities if you've already set them. It may help you out. That's part of it, yeah. It is, uh, especially Windows sometimes can be a little tricky with uh, certain hardware. So I can understand that going through that or drivers sometimes may, uh, may create a bit of layer of incompatibility with uh, yeah. the simulator. But I mean, those are things that eventually get fixed um, just by the yeah, kind of a workaround. Kind yeah. of a workaround. Well, it's not really a workaround if it's the the Windows calibration for controllers, though. But well, I mean, workaround as in uh, perhaps well, as they, yeah, as, as they tweak things with um, the peripherals and things like that, and they maybe they're going to give us more or different types of sensitivity that we can you know, further customize or get more, a little bit more specific with it. But it is a way to at least attempt to use that because, and the other thing was if you're in Windows 10 and you go to devices, you may be expecting to see it and you will see it, but it seems like the only option it says is remove device. Because I had tried to go in and see if there was one. I didn't realize that you had to go in through um, the control panel and then and go through that aspect. And as soon as you did, then I saw it. And then I realized, wow, I wish I had done this a little while ago because it handles completely differently. Oh, yeah. It's much easier to... Except for the bug that uh, crashed my sim. Dum -dum -dum. Wait, just now? <laughs> just now, I went to oh, look yep. up. I, I had to push and <laughs> bam, I'm gone. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll, oh, no. I'll try to slew, but you remember <laughs> what? My slew mode is a bit like the Exorcist, where... It's all over the place and it's scary. So I will try to screw my way to you, but if I can, I'll just uh, watch and listen and, and keep going. But well, if you, you take can, these uh... bugs with a grain of salt and just realize, I realize it because I was there at the beginning of some of these other, mm -hmm. other Sims and I remember going through this and this one is far better than some of those that I was having patience with. So I'll be more than glad to wait because I've never been able to fly VFR before, so if I fly VFR and crash a few times from bugs, I, I'm so happy that it exists that I'll be more than glad to come back. It's reloading now, but uh, yep. it's all good. Well, uh, it we're, we're flying from uh, from uh, Oshima island. island back to Tokyo, yeah. so you can just uh, just click on me, for example. And yep, I'll click on you. And... Yep. Trying to crash into you. <laughs> I haven't had many of it. I think this is only the matter of fact. You know what? So far, the sim has only ever crashed when I'm doing multiplayer, and it's only done it maybe four. Interesting. I think maybe this is the fourth or fifth time total. It's never done it when I am not flying with a large, a large, larger group of people. I mean, like more than two or three. Yeah. So. Maybe it has something to do with that. I don't know. But well, it's join okay. us back because we got quite a little group here. So. Yep, I'm uh... on you. Um, <laughs> one thing I would like to note about this yep. is um, the turbulence, especially in the smaller GA planes, is very, very touchy. Yeah. Compared to real life. 
What do you fly um, in real life? A uh, Cessna 172, but I've flown in a few other planes as well. And so far, apart from from that, is the rest approximately? Yeah. Good enough. Um. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, the simulator isn't realistic. It's just a game." Um, and I'm like, if it, if you don't think it's realistic, you're not doing this right. Yeah, um, most likely, yeah. I have gone, um, after flights, after my flights where I fly in real life, I've gone home and, and come home and flown on the sim, just practice, practice, practice maneuvers, landings, um, that yeah, kind of stuff, and it that. really has, mm-hmm. it really has helped. And I, um, mostly other than a few small performance issues, um, I think the simulator is it's really close. close. Yeah, and I mean, there's always going to be things to improve. Uh, as we can see, Far Isle uh, had a little <laughs> difficulty there with the sim. Sure. I'm looking at the VFR map to see if it. Uh... I mean, there's, there's always yeah. that, right? You always must have one of those things uh, of to happen at least once. I want to, I'd like but, to ask a little bit about that um, turbulence, if yeah, I could. Go for it. Because obviously I, I live in uh, southern Florida where we have some nasty thunderstorms that <laughs> yeah. I've Every been Every afternoon, 4 p.m. Dude. And some, I would say sometimes in the lighter clouds, it seems like the turbulence is a little bit much. But then to me, some of the... Like when you're flying into a really dark gray, nasty looking storm, I've had it where it's been a little bit calm. So I was wondering if you've experienced any of that where maybe the turbulence in some of the lesser, you know, the lesser cloud banks that you've flown into compared to like if you've skirted the edge of a storm. Have you done any of that to where, how realistic have you found the storms to be as far as if you dipped a wing into a, a pretty dark cloud that should chuck you around a little bit. I mean, I've done a a good amount of scud running um, in real life, and I've done a good amount in the simulator, and I think for the most part, getting close, it's kind of close, but there are points where it would be more, it is not as realistic as, as it could be. Either it's a little bit too much or a little bit too little. Um, like in these, like floating around these clouds, um, on the underside, normally in real life, you would feel, you'd feel the plane getting bumped around, not as much just pushed around. So I think in that way, okay, that makes sense. It's, it's different, but it's maybe difficult also to get a feeling from a screen as well so maybe the way because you know the the way when you move around for example your camera also has a bit of movement uh, as if you know you're moving on your own um yeah and that and i found you can disable that things yeah and um but i think for the most part it's close um i found that with the mod and i really didn't use vis viz mods in um x-plane but i do feel like x and this one of the few things i will side with x-plane on um is um especially after transferring to this simulator 
yeah. is the chain um, is the turbulence. They have a really good turbulence model. Well, you know, technically they are modeling absolutely everything uh, with the air simulations, uh, which is yeah. a, a full simulation of well, it's called a fluid simulation because they're they're acting as particles. Uh, yeah. You know, it affects that is affecting not only the aerodynamics from the plane itself, but is also being affected by the world. So as we flew uh, down there near Mount Fuji, then we could really, if you went close to it, you would get uh, probably a draft. The same way we talked about that, that well, that poor accident that happened uh, yeah. years ago. <clears throat> but at least it's it's being worked on continuously as well. So even if the feature's already good, they're still working on it. They still have a team that's working on, on making sure weather uh, and clouds are, are always uh, much better. And at least now we have a fix for live weather. So it's it can only get better from here, honestly. Uh, and then as people like, uh, like Rex with their add-ons decide to go one step ahead of what Microsoft has planned, uh, then we'll, it'll be even better. And at this point, I don't even think it'll be possible to have competition within the flight simulator market. It'll be this will be the option. Really. Yeah. Once and it then, gets up yeah. to that level, yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, they're they're going to make sure they mentioned that they're going to make sure that we don't have uh, the crashes that, for example, for our experience here, uh, where it, you're just freezing and you go to your desktop. Um, and they said even developers in the Q&A, they went even further. Um, they started talking about DX12. And for a lot of people, DX12 has always been this thing that's been a little quiet because it's more of a, well, we're going to do it later and it's going to stay hidden. Nobody's going to talk about that. For those who are not familiar, DX12 or DXR, because that's the ray tracing portion of it, um, it's, a, it's an API. So that is a system that's going to is going to be running above the hardware level. And that's going to be calling functions, and um, you can use that as a as a layer for calls. So you don't have to do all the translation, for example, to, to hardware code. Um, roughly, that's what you'd uh, you'd look at when looking at uh, DX. And then you have different versions. Like if you've had uh, FSX, then you heard there was also a DX10 preview included. That was the beginning of this new API that was implemented. Uh, it was only a preview then. Uh, it was mostly a DX9 title. Uh, if that is directly linked to your GPU and the rendering of the game. And usually when you're the next version, it usually means that you're getting more performance, that you're getting more stability. And usually it is just better for everyone. In this case, DX12 is allowing more uh, parallelization in GPU. So you can do more work within the same time because the GPU is not waiting or having components that are waiting for work to be done uh, or to be completed somewhere else. So they're able to parallelize more of those tasks together. They're able to do a lot of these things. But the developers have mentioned specifically that uh, they are going for DX12 mostly for upcoming features like DLSS and ray tracing. So those with uh, NVIDIA GPUs uh, from from the last uh, two generations at least uh, will be able to enjoy those uh, features. And um, 
performance is not really the main goal here. That's not what they're trying to do. They're really trying to just make sure everything is as stable as possible. Now, don't forget, DirectX is made by Microsoft. So we're not going to get a botched implementation of that, or <laughs> we're not going to be getting uh, the same way, you know, we had P3D with a DX12 where they used all the VRAM on the GPU very quickly. They had some patches, but that's the kind of stuff that you would not see with Microsoft because they have people that are constantly working with that. So Asobo has the right tools, it has the right people, and it's just a way for them to go through all these things. And once things like DLSS and ray tracing are included, which technically ray tracing is already included with the clouds, um, but they're calculated every 15 seconds. And that is the volumetrics that allow clouds to have shadows. So if you have multiple layers, uh, the top cloud will cast a shadow on the lower cloud. So as a direct result, it, you will have a ray tracing of 15 seconds that's going to be calculated and that's going to update those as we go. Um, DLSS, though, is a an AI upscaling. And what it means is instead of rendering your whole simulator in, let's say, 1080p, that's what most people would have. Gamers would be at 1440p or even 4K. So um, those are resolution. That's the number of pixels that your screen shows up at once. And usually you want your pixel to refresh at least 30 times per second. That's 30 FPS. And DLSS, what it will do is instead of rendering in 1080p, it will render at a much lower resolution. And then it will use an AI to upscale the image to estimate what the new pixel should be. So it's going to make the picture bigger. But because your simulator is rendering so many less pixels, you can get better quality out of it. You can get better FPS out of it. So it is slowly building up towards having a very little drop in visuals from the AI process itself, but you're having a much higher performance benefit. That's what DLSS is. We know that AMD has the DLSS counterpart that's going to be coming up as well with their own GPUs. Just the whole thing is going to be very interesting to come because, of course, Microsoft Flight Simulator is a benchmark title. It is a game. It is a simulator. It is rough to work on even with the latest GPUs. So I can understand why they're trying to bring this new um, DirectX version. Also, at the same time, we can consider the fact that as you go into the future, because we know the simulator is not going to be dead in two years, this thing will live on for a long time. They want to make sure if you can get on the on the latest version right now, you might as well do it at some point quickly before all those updates add on and so on and so on come in. Um, and so the simulator can live for at least seven to ten years, as we have described in, and estimated in, in the previous podcasts. And because it's a benchmark title, because it is a, a heavyweight uh, software for, for your hardware, uh, we are reaching literally new levels of, of quality from, uh, from a simulator, something that really wasn't done before. And I'm realizing that once again, I have the multiplayer glitch that is happening. Joyful. I'm having a, uh, I have no elevator trim. Oh, wow. And have this odd situation where periodically my mixture 
goes to full and I lose my power on the aircraft, so I have to keep pulling it back. But right now, I cannot control the elevator, so I'm just going to do it with the throttle. Oh, no. <laughs> you know yeah. what's funny? Is I always went on and on and on about how I wish that failures were completely random. In a way, even though I don't have that, with some of the bugs, it is kind of like all of a sudden I'm flying. I'm like, wait a minute, something's going on. It was... It was um, pushing hard to the left. I had my yoke turned 100 degrees, mm -hmm. maybe more, 120 degrees to the right, to starboard, to try to keep the plane flying level. And I noticed I didn't have any, and I still don't, have any elevator. But the interesting thing is this kind of thing, sadly, happens in real life. So in a way, I don't have my 100% random failures option. But yet what just happened could happen in an aircraft right you've mm -hmm. lost your elevator yeah. now what do you do so in <laughs> a way the world of failures i got, I got my because to me that's the only kind of failure well i'm sorry let me take that back it's not the only fail kind of failure or type of way to deal with failures mm -hmm. but it is an interesting way because yes there are some failures you want to practice so you would need to be able to turn those on set the time it hits you and you see how you, um, you know, you deal with that. The other interesting idea, though, is to have the option to make them completely random and you don't know when it's going to happen. Almost like the aircraft is persistent. I'm sure somebody may come up with this eventually. But it is interesting because you're flying along and then suddenly something's not working. And while even tonight it's literally happened where something is not working and I'm trying to troubleshoot. Thank goodness Cookie's so smart with the... Um, the technical details, I can literally sit there and try to troubleshoot what's going on. I tried, you know, um, moving my elevator, you know, pitching down, pitching up. I, I tried to roll left, roll right, see if something was stuck. Because I would imagine you would have to do this in, in real life to try to see if something's jammed your, your elevator. You might try to pitch down or up to see. And I'm trying to troubleshoot it for the last maybe six, seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And... I still want to see that feature. I don't know if anybody else does, but I, I really think it would be totally cool to say I want the option of entirely random failures, and I don't know what they're what they are either. That yeah, way you can with test. maintenance and uh, yeah. But then the thing yeah, is, if you go, him crash as well. I oh. took um, I took a bit of a thought on that because we've talked in the past about you know oh it's nice to get persistence on a plane. So every time you yeah. fly that plane, it's the same plane. It you know, it gets used so some parts will eventually fail. What I figured yeah. out with this is technically, if there's this, then there's maintenance. If there's maintenance, then there's also probably fuel. If there's maintenance and fuel, then there's probably money. See where I'm going? Yeah. If, if, if you if there's want money, if there's want probably money. an economy. Yeah. And then there's, there's if money, you, want... you need to gain money. Right. So you see what I mean? This. This but you don't, you don't really have to have the economy. If you just want the actual failures and persistence just for the sake of so how they have to, to remove the maintenance? Because technically, you no, can just click... No, I don't remove the maintenance, but you don't need an health. economy to have maintenance. You can go in and have maintenance, diagnose what maintenance you need if you wanted to go to that level. Yeah, it's not realistic to have to pay for it, but some people are so freaked out about the idea of a gamey element like an economy... And I don't, I don't think that you are, and I, you know that I'm not. But there are some people that are really worried that it will go that route, and they don't want to see that. Although I think if it ever went that route, it would have to be an option because, again, 
the core simmer is the one that you have to make sure you retain. But I mean, you don't necessarily have to have an economy to do maintenance. It would make it more realistic. And then all of those other things are a part of what is required. But I just, to me, emergencies happen in real life and you do not know about them ahead of time unless you're doing training and it's like, okay, we're going to simulate this or that. That's one thing. And that can be an option, but you could be flying along and anything can fail at any time. And you have to troubleshoot that issue. You have to somehow find a way around that issue yep. to save your life and save your plane. And I just think it would be a fascinating experience. Like what just happened to me. I'm like, even now I'm having a very hard push to the left that I have, no to, I have to, is no it crosswind? Yep. Remember the three rules, aviate, navigate communicate yes aviate make sure that just keep your plane steady navigate then figure out where you need to go and then communicate tell atc okay. or other pilots on a ctaf or any shared frequency what's happening and uh yeah. that's that's the basic of when you have an emergency in general aviation as well as commercial even though commercial can have its own standard operating procedures but that's the basic of it and you're doing a good job so far with it I'm also trying. i spawned back uh finally because uh i see you I turn off you're... multiplayer and then back on i'm still flying it's not like i crashed okay. but um yeah it's just sometimes probably just the internet but uh i'm back and now we're gonna start to go um well that little peninsula right there but uh we're finally getting in to japan and uh we're going to go over land and we'll soon be oh, in the it, city yeah. of Tokyo as we get further down there. You can already start seeing um, further down the bay on the left side, uh, well, of course, the major airports as well as uh, you're going to start to see the outskirts of the city. As well as, of course, major ports and, uh, yeah. and ships. I love how it looks unique to the to the location. It's like nothing I've flown over. Yeah. And I mean, we're obviously flying over a lot of industrial areas, but it's really great how they do not all look the same. This doesn't look like Africa when I flew over Africa. It's mm -hmm. it's nice yeah. that they just didn't try to get away with like cookie cutting, <laughs> yeah, pasting with the paste tool. You know, you know, Adobe paste, 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 paste. Remember in the old days with the tiling, it used to drive me crazy. I used I to mean, try to tailing... make it cloudy. Notice. The, the, the tiling is also just a different method of, of generating course. terrain because it means you don't have texture data. And so the only way for you to really show something is to put this generated texture. And sadly, back then, they didn't know how to properly texture things, how to put no. a texture so that it's not seamless. Yeah. So, yeah, and induced um, and actually pointed out to me, and you can see this is probably from the satellite imagery, but you can see how I'm about to fly over um, Kisara Zoo Aero, and that's an airport, and you can definitely see the tiling that is red. You can see the the, yeah. the outlines of this. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Andjustin, because that is true. Um, and that's those are things that will happen. And they're probably taking it at different times because you can see it's very green here and this is very brown, almost like orange. Um, so it, it may as well just be um, just a, a one thing that they need to fix.
right? Yeah. They, they did a lot of uh, a photogrammetry. So I don't know if this would be photogrammetry. And then they included that photogrammetry because that is a pretty populated area. And then the rest is mostly um, mountains. And so it's a lot more green. So it's, it's, lost, uh, it's less dense. So I would probably assume that this part was taken was photogrammetry and that's why it's included here but it has a, a red tone to it from probably different season uh or definitely different time so i can understand that yeah i mean like he always says the world is big <laughs> oh man a lot more and so is he right i know yeah and i love the way you go into these sort of uh misty little clouds kind of here and they just obscure it enough that you're like your attention suddenly it's like wait 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 what's what's happening just went through a little one like that and then you just emerge out of it it's so nice that it's not that billboardy effect remember you used to fly into them and looking oh, at them head on yeah. they kind of sort of volumetric but then as you flew into them so to speak if you look left and right it literally looked like a billboard yeah well, so that, we're, was, we're, uh, we're, that was how it was done before so yeah it's just so nice to see. So whenever we think there's tons of problems and, you know, it, it does help to remember the, mm -hmm. the scary old days to think, well, you know, oh, there's man. an awful lot of improvement. Yes, so we definitely. Have, I'm very grateful for and I mean, the, the, the old that. days, yeah, they, they had their own issues as well. Um, and luckily, we don't need to have that anymore. Nope. I can agree with you on that. I, I can just imagine with the, with the fidelity that we're seeing here. Can you imagine what FSX would have run like if it had this detail? You would have never. Well, actually, been... I can tell you because, well, both of us, we know because we flew FSX before. Yep. And you'd get about the same amount of FPS for, <laughs> oh, honestly, yeah, a lot less. Yeah. You but could spend $1,000 and not have it look this good, though. Right. Well, yeah, but it's also outdated. Like it's obsolete yeah. technology, uh, graphics, like the textures, the all the technologies. Like the the whole suite we could call is obsolete, except for the core. That core was reused into this simulator. The developers uh, read over it and reused some of that code, uh, rewrote a lot of it, and uh, and it's now running pretty darn good for what it is um i have to say i was pretty shocked when i looked at all of this um and even now i'm just on medium settings and it looks darn good if you compare that to fsx fsx also had this very weird case of um being horrible with anti-aliasing where um and that's when you have lines that are not straight compared to your to your panel on your screen uh -oh. you have pixels and they're they're horizontal and vertical. They're a little mesh. And when you have a, a pixel line, for example, well, here we can look. Uh, I have my plane, and my wing is, of course, not a straight line. If you were to draw a pixel horizontally across your screen, it would not be straight like this. So the way it has to draw them is to draw little pixels that are going to go up slowly in like a stair pattern. Um, and then there's a way to smooth those out so it doesn't look like jagged edges. And anti-aliasing uh, anti is doing that exact thing. And FSX had it in a point where it was really bad and it was doing a, a pretty uh, massive performance hit. 
So that just the technologies and the tweaks that are made to remove those type of uh, artifacts at, without having any impact on, on performance over the last 15 years has been major enough for me to run something much better with the same hardware. So, yay. <laughs> All hey. I can say is thank you. Because <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it works now much better. Well, I'm going to be testing my skills here when we try to land without trim and a uh, little bit of a uh, handling issue. So this is going to be fun. But I like it. It's kind of cool because these things can happen. Yep. I kind of lost everybody again as well. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a solo trip over Japan in this nice industrial yeah. area. If you but want, you can, uh, you can refresh it. Just go into your uh, options, general data, and then just turn multiplayer off and then wait a bit. Well, save your settings, so F11, turn it back on, save, and come back, and it should be fixed. It's probably because there's a lot of people flying right now over Japan, and because we're on US East, of course, that's where yep. people are, are awake and have time, because it's, uh, it's early into see. the night. So. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Wait and, a couple you know, seconds. right now Please. we're just us on computers with a simulator. But you told me, Farao, that you had a lot to talk about the, the Xbox. And, I did. Uh, I had some speculation on the Xbox because when we listened to the Q&A and we've heard a lot of people, you know, kind of questioning, like you said earlier, oh, it wasn't ready for release. And I think there were a few things that, that tied into it. And I think there are a little bit of uh, clues if you look beneath some of the lines of some of the things that they're talking about. And I honestly think that with the with the situation with the virus, it took away some time that they, or at least the speed of production that they thought they would have. And they had a schedule because let's face it, Xbox X is coming out. That Xbox version of Microsoft Flight Simulator yep. has to come out. I honestly think if it could possibly be done this year, I think they would love to have it this year. But to take advantage of that, you know, that holiday season period. And I'm wondering if, with the slowdown felt by the virus, that it suddenly sort of shrunk the dates, you know, the time frame in between, that unfortunately the Xbox version has to be worked on. So I'm wondering, and without infuriating the hardcore simmers, oh, you're abandoning us for a game again. And it's not that, although there is that worry that still lingers. But I think they have to turn some of their attention, if not maybe a, maybe a, at least an equal portion of it, to try to get that version out. And I'm just wondering if maybe after that version is done, if some of these updates maybe tested a little bit more. Although it does look like they realize they're going to have to do a little bit of beta testing, even on the patches. And I'm not so sure that was the plan in the beginning. So maybe the Xbox development and the time frame that they have to meet, Asobo may have had to turn to that a little bit, maybe not earlier, but earlier in the life of the PC version of this sim because of the slowdown during the, yeah. during the virus and then just bugs and various things. I think for me, I'm looking at a January, February, March time frame for when a lot even more attention, I shouldn't say a lot of attention, but even more attention can come back to the sim as far as the PC version. 
but I think definitely some of the resources have to be diverted. And maybe they just don't want to come out and say, oh, well, you know, we have to really turn to the Xbox version now, but give us, you know, eight weeks or 10 weeks, and we're really going to have a few more people back at the grindstone. But some people would really be irritated with that. So I don't think you they're going to come out. You can take this as both an advantage and a disadvantage. Um, but it's mostly an advantage because you got to remember that while your simulator is being built and they're going to say eventually, yeah, we have to work on the Xbox version. A lot of the yeah. work is already being done because the Xbox version and the PC versions are not going to be that different. Right. You are getting pretty darn close to what a computer would look like today. And we can safely assume that nobody would have an RTX 3000 series because they're very hard to get a hold of. So most people, if they have lots of money to put in, they would probably be with a 2080 Ti. Um, the consoles, of course, are made by AMD with uh, with their SoC. So, uh, so their, uh, their CPU and GPU combined into one chip. Um, SoC meaning system on chip. And... Uh, so what, what's really happening is um, they are having everything into that one chip that is an 8-core CPU and the performance that we can compare to a 2080 Ti. And the thing with this is it is small, it is performant, and it's really bringing you what you want. It's like a high-end computer into a console. So... Technically, you could just put a Windows uh, machine, right? You could put a, a Windows virtual machine onto an Xbox and make it work. It's not going to work like this, of course, but you already have mouse and keyboard support for Xbox. So you're really darn close to something that you could say is close to what you would consider a computer. Yes, and they and they and and I think part of that comment that they made you know, kind of reflects that, that if anybody would say, oh, are they, are they, are they diverting from my, from my sim in order to make that game? I think in a, a way game. the commentary, yeah, the commentary was a little bit like, listen, whatever work we're doing on the PC version, it's helping the Xbox. But at the same time, whatever we're doing on the Xbox, because they're so similar, because of the hardware similarities that you're talking about, that literally, um, it is like they're simultaneously developing them. Well, and think of that, right? The, yep. Because they are the same, because when you develop for Xbox and for PC, you almost have, you can technically compare. If someone here has an, an AMD 3700X with a 2080 Ti, you're not that far off from what a console, the next-gen consoles would be like. Or I think it's a 3800X, actually. Um, or 37. I, I mean, it really depends on, on then how specific you want to go. It's not just the core number. It's it's frequencies and all that stuff. But um, what that means is we can already work on optimizing the the whole simulator to work on eight cores, which is what the consoles are going to have. And of course, a 2080 Ti runs really well so far. So we, we yeah, know what to expect and they're working on this what they're going to try to achieve afterwards is where it's going to take a more of a disadvantage for the pc version 
it's once that is done and they're they're getting close to it is to start optimizing specifically for the xbox hardware and that's what makes a console a viable option as as a way for people to game because your games are really made for the hardware that's the same reason apple is very stable because they control everything it's the whole ecosystem right it's the software and the hardware they're able to make it work as much as possible to bring the best right which is what the opposite of like for example android and windows they have compatibility because they need to work with all those different hardware uh so the optimizations at some point will start being worked on just on the xbox and that will not reflect on the pc version of course because there's nothing uh the pc is not an xbox and then of course at this point they're going to start looking at well we already have control uh controller support and the simulator right now if you have an xbox or a dual shot controller you can just plug it in and you can fly or you can use the drone camera uh the way Sintom does which is amazing um and that way you're already somewhat close to what you could achieve but they're gonna have a way to work around with all your systems like heck if you get into the cockpit and you want to modify uh, your flight plan on your Garmin, well, how the heck are you going to do that with a controller, right? So that's when they're going to have to take time and work on it and figure it out on their own. We will not get any benefit from that from the PC platform. And they'll no. probably modify a few things to make sure that it is easier for people to control from an Xbox, or maybe at least with just a keyboard. But we're not, you know, I mean, you're at a point where, yeah, they're going to move time, uh for that and we're probably going to see a little uh they're maybe going to create just another team just separate and we're still going to have our own stuff because even though there's those specific things that need to be done for the console well the same the, the main sim stuff has to be worked on and those features will also be brought to the xbox regardless and the developers have said them themselves pretty clearly the xbox will not have <laughs> major differences compared to the pc so simulator-wise, you're not looking at a at a major difference. Like the Xbox is going to be just a controller, and you won't be able to use autopilot or this feature, or that feature. No, it's all going to be pretty much almost the same. I don't know how they're going to achieve that because that is a big challenge, uh, not only for just having a controller, uh, but just how do you access it all? Right? We have so many buttons and dials and axes, and a keyboard and a mouse to to play with. What we have on a computer on the next box it's not going to be the same so it's a challenge they're going to have to work on and i seriously hope they're going to be able to achieve something because they got an estimated 90 million players that could get onto this game and uh and so roughly if you, if you think of it right now because we just have that number right if we already had 1 million players right now you times that by the price of a, of a base version you can get pretty close to you know, 80, 90, 100 million dollars just off from yeah. selling it, right? Uh, and that's probably going to be enough to cover, like, the costs of the base uh, investment. So we start thinking about this, we get the IPs back, we get developers on this. Like, I don't think Microsoft has spent, or I mean, they could have had, but we don't know any of those details yet. Uh, they could have probably spent up to that, but I doubt they really would have spent much more than that. But over so far till now, they probably got at least a break even, I would say. And then now, once it reaches the Xbox, there's going to be full profit 
they're not going to have to pay back a lot of stuff because I mean, unless you really spend a lot of money and over a hundred million, you really must continue to bring onto the simulator because it really gets expensive <laughs> at some point. So, financial wise, Xbox makes total sense as well. That's that's what I wanted to say. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, they can't they can't ignore it. And the other thing is they're not gonna. So that that battle is over. They can't ignore it. It would be stupid to ignore it. If we can get more people in, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of people that are surely going to use the simulator in different ways maybe quite different than some of the ways that we want or would expect to use it or think it should be used but you're also gonna i mean how did we all discover this we all maybe came from god the old days of atari and and and, and even older like well not older but commodore magazines. Yeah, yeah you know what i mean from these <laughs> ancient times that you know Every one of us played a simulator for the first time sometime. Yeah. And we were probably gamers back then. Unless we were pilots, we were gamers back then. And we didn't turn into the image that we now picture it as. I'm not saying that a huge majority will not be like that because they will. But there's also going to be a chunk of people that are going to discover that they love the sim. And they're going to become that serious simmer that the serious simmer thinks is the only real flight simmer there is. So yeah, there's going to be people that are that. going to their love for it. There's going to be people that are going to fly upside down in a 400 knot balloon. Of if course. they ever make that. Um, Yeah. And we're no. approaching the airport to our left. I'll be doing a little I mean, loop from the right side to go on and land. Uh, <clears throat> Because I'm still a little high, but just be aware of that. Meanwhile, I'm going to answer uh, Fragilo here, who asked a question. Um, do you think this will be the definitive simulator? And if so, will it be in constant development, or will there be a newer one in a few years? And, um, well, we did reference it uh, from a few podcasts back. But uh, we think that this will last probably a good 7 to 10 years approximately the same amount of time for a console generation and they are pretty well the developers were pretty clear about this they are working on developing and making sure all of this works well as a result they are going to continue to improve the simulator we're going to keep getting free updates for the simulator itself as well as world updates which are also free then the paid content will be dlcs and those dlcs will of course be just the basics, right, of, of what you would expect to have as payware content made by the developers uh, in the simulator. And that includes, in the future, we're going to see um, the uh, helicopters come in. And so they're going to add a few for free in the simulator. And they're going to add a few more, of course, uh, through that DLC. That's that's the goal. But uh, apart from that, no, I think it's, it's not going to be in constant development either because... It's not a subscription. You paid, I mean, you did pay a lot of money. So I can understand why um, you would think, regardless, that, you know, it could be constant development. You did pay a lot of money for it. And just 1 million people times at least the standard version, it's already a lot of money. So I could understand that. And they're going for even bigger markets. And then there's the marketplace where they can get a cut. And then, I mean, there's, there's all those different ways they can get money. Um, and so... I think there's going to be at least three to five years of of at least maintenance as well as 
building on to the simulator. And then I agree. from the next five years, they'll probably start, you know, chilling out. They'll probably slow down a bit on the updates. They'll still do them. It may be a little less uh, frequent, but it'll still be there. And honestly, the way they do their multiplayer, right? It's all through their servers, streaming, scenery. It's all through their servers. There's a lot that goes through their servers. So if they cut it out, it means two things. Or one, they, the market is done, which means nobody's willing to pay for a flight simulator. Or there is another product coming. And in this case, they would be cutting out this one and saying, well, we don't support its end of life and then we'll make a new one. But what's the point of making a new one again and then go through all the cost of going through the hardware and the software and how all everything relates together to recreate a core and then add on top of this if they just redid the whole simulator. They just redid the whole weather. They just redid the whole uh, air simulation, the aerodynamics, the flight dynamics, the airports. They added a whole new set of AIs for uh, trees and scenery. So it doesn't make sense for me to throw all of this in, in the trash after seven years. It is just building onto it now. And then I'm sure that they made um, a lot of work to make sure that that DX11 to DX12 will be easy enough for them to transition into. And DX12, of course, means that you're going to have um, at least another five to seven years minimum. So even if they do continue forward, I would think, you know, it would be, they would just upgrade the sim. They would just say, hey, uh, well, we had FSX, which could be in Roman numerals like 10. We had FS20, uh, let's make FS30. And then they would just work off from the base that they have from FS20 and, and work their way up. They could do that, but I really don't see it right now as a, as a solution. Of course, we, we are in 2020, so we don't really know all that stuff yet. And there's very little focus on this site yet i agree i hope that clears up the question yeah coming in for landing here at yes. narita international wow that's a big runway it is i Take... need it <laughs> i'm not supposed to land you. on that front part so <laughs> i need on to the get yep i need to go all the way here see the runway and I'm not uh, on top of the trees or 2,000 feet above the runway that uh... watch the poppy lights <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow Having poppy a lights bit. are to the side of the runway so if you hit those oof oh yeah that's, that'd be bad well, FSX I, oh, they had a tree that they did not populate oh man at my home airport until you were about 20 or four, maybe, okay, maybe 40 feet above, right in front of the threshold, boom, a tree would pop up. I, mean, I, I was like, really? I wanted to take the computer and just throw it out the window, roll it down to the lake, stomp on it. Because, you know, I finally flew the, the flight was perfect. I'm like, yes, this is great. I'm controlled. I'm centered line. I'm tree. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a <laughs> The same issue, uh, Cookie. I'm pulling back pretty good here to not uh, land on the threshold. So let me see if I can. In case can't anybody wait. wonders, you can you can actually fly inside Mount Fuji. Oh wow! Oh, 
in the crater. I was just looping around inside it a couple times. That's extremely cool. You mean to tell me for once in my life I'm going to touch down in the right spot? Hey, and we're watching it as well. Nice. Little bumpy, but that's fine. I looked away. I can't wait to get the throttle quadrant. I cannot wait because I tend to have to take my eyes away where this rudder is absolutely wild. I cannot wait to get pedals. So I want to point out an interesting feature from this, and we can all gather up... uh, we want somewhere around here, but um, the Retail International has two towers, and they're right next to each other. I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, and it wouldn't be very efficient, but there's two towers. And no buses came out of, you know, out of nowhere to challenge you for your right to be on the taxiway i love that it's kind of fun oh yeah that's what that's happened to us because yeah. uh we went to check uh for the flight plan to make sure we had some nice airports so we we went around to, to look at what was available and uh what would be an enjoyable flight plan and uh we were at the airport we took off from at the beginning of of this group flight and sadly while going in for a gate, there were these two vehicles that were right there standing and, and, and just waiting. So you start going in, you start taxiing, and then, oops, <laughs> they start moving yeah. as you move, and then they go right through you. Yeah, and uh, I think what happened was they probably have a, an AI algorithm that says, well, when they're here and you're in the path of of the, well, the, in the taxiway or in the, the path that a plane would usually go through, get out of the way. But because this was a, a one-way taxiway that landed to nowhere, well, it, the only way to get out is where you come through in. So it had to go through me to, to get out of the way. So maybe a little something the developers maybe never thought of, and I would understand because it's in lane specific cases that you see that. But uh, yeah, that's quite weird. <laughs> So that's a Very. fun little story of uh, what to expect. And I know uh, a few people uh, landed at another airport before because they had to go. Um, but thank you all for joining because it is a lot of fun to be flying. And I know there's a lot that are still around. But, of course, we're never going to force you to uh, to go all the way through with us. It's fine if you just even just take off or just land with us. It's uh... So thank you, everyone, for joining, for being with us, for flying, for asking great questions. Reminder to all that we do this podcast every Thursday on Twitch as well as in the Discord. So you can uh, listen to us just on the Discord. You can listen and fly with us through the Twitch. It's really up to you. Uh, we do share the flight plan on the forum as well. Uh, as, as all the multiplayer data in there as well as in the event text channel so you can follow us through there so great. thank you guys for for joining for being with us uh great. like always it's it's great to have a talk with you guys uh and to fly and we'll see you guys in the next one next week thank you guys peace thank out you. Yeah. Bye.